So before we get started, I got to throw some shade your way. You have thoughts. Smart. Which again, we don't support on this podcast. Awesome. Can you put the gifts up during the different timestamps? Hard no. and welcome to another potentially useful episode of the TCAP Sloop Podcast. My name is Larry Burden, and he's always ready to Google slide into your DMs. It's TCAP's Executive Director of Technology and Other Stuff, Evan Obranovic. Our fearless leader recently presented at an acronymed education conference where he attempted to bring the sexy back to systems. Was he successful? I'll let you be the judge after this week's TCAP Sloop. Moment of Zen. History is a vast early warning system. Norman Cousins. All right. That was a quick, quick moment of zen. All right, Evan, I've looked through your presentation and there's a lot to chew on here. So uh, where do you want to start? You've you've done this already. So there's there's a lot there. I mean, we start from the beginning. We start from the beginning. We talk about, um, I guess, what this even means, right? Because I think that was part of so we, we, I called it, came up with my own little catchphrase, systematizing your tech department. Not bringing the sexy back to systems. I like that. I think I wish you would have been there for the storyboarding of it, and I could have been in a much better place. Next time, let's yeah. workshop it before you... But there, as, you, as I do like the other thing you mentioned, there's plenty of acronyms and conferences and groups that I could probably you know resubmit to. So we're not short on those here in education. So that part's good. This is true. But it was kind of taking a look at the conversations between all these different tech folks and their departments and just how they're getting things done, how they're working, you know, in education and technology is always a unique partnership, I'd say, compared to a lot of private business and that. So I just started like toying with this idea of like, how do we make it work? You know, to toot our own horn at TCAPs, we're somewhat successful at the things we do, right? And how we keep ourselves organized and try and interject ourselves into all the things that are happening. And so, yeah, I kind of came up with that phrase, you know, we, we systematize, right? We, we take it and we, we try and make sure that we are available and integrating into all the different parts and pieces of the district to be helpful because we are everywhere. I've said that, I'm sure, in multitude of different ways and different topics, but like technology is everywhere. And so you have to be involved in all these things. And if you don't, you're, you're going to miss some really big pieces and end up, you know, costing yourself and likely your district some disservice. And so we were like, well, how do I process this? And so to me, that's kind of the, the genesis of it. And it was really a really good exercise and kind of backtracking that. And then what does that even look like? Like, how would I break that down and describe it to somebody else? Because you always get questions with colleagues of like, how are you doing this? Why is it working so well for you guys? Uh, what's not working well for you as well? And so it was like, I think this is why it works. And I really like this. And I think, you know, having that conversation could likely either help somebody who may be trying to do this same process and has some similar attributes to us, or maybe not, but they could still use the framework, you know, and then where could I gain some knowledge from the feedback from people? Where am I falling short or, or for the things I'm falling short, what are you using? And so it was really cool to have some of those conversations and I was just saying we could have been there for hours upon hours, um, but that was a good thing, meaning like because we could have had those conversations continuing. So it was it was really great. I enjoyed it a lot. And I think it it can build upon itself, you know, for our own just development. But then for what that next conversation looks like, probably next year at the next acronym conference. If somebody isn't familiar with 
the district we're talking about. Sure. Maybe that's a way to start this is, I'm sure every technology department in a school district is, it's kind of homogenous. They're all the same. <laughs> they're, they're all yeah. relatively the same. What are we working with so that when you start to talk about how you systematized it, they the listener has a frame of reference? Sure. TCAPs, you know, we're a medium-sized district, so 17 schools, right? Three high schools, two middle schools, 11 elementaries, all spread across, in our case, which I think is a little more unique, a very large area. And so we have a pretty robust department in that sense. And I could argue we could we could use more, but we're, we're pretty fortunate. And so we kind of have a central team that consists of six folks who kind of make themselves present in various different areas. Myself, an assistant director, uh, an electronic systems manager, our network administrator, and our systems manager, all kind of in this same space that are trying to spread the love. Push the knowledge. Push the knowledge out and, and, and keep things centrally focused. So we have building technicians, which are our boots on the ground folks. That I could always argue we need more and more and more. I, I currently have five to spread out. So they all have different assignments, which include a mix of secondaries and some of the elementaries to travel to. And so when there's an immediate need, they're available. The staffs know those people really well. They're that first line of contact. For our secondary specifically, we have a role we call a student support technician. And so they're home base in each of those secondaries and their main focus is the student tech, right? So in our case, it's Chromebooks and they're there to help do simple things like repair the broken Chromebooks and, and keep those things up and running. Um, but they also will help run the student courses that we do where they'll do repairs so they can learn Chromebook repair and get that different skill set. So offer that opportunity, um, which is great because it just makes that connection even stronger. The students know this place. They know some of their friends who might work there. They know when they're taking in a device that, you know, not only are they talking to an adult in the room there, but they might be talking to another fe a fellow peer who can kind of relate to what they're doing and help fix it. And there's just, again, like a, a really good connection there, I feel like. And, and so, those students can get certified, right? Yeah, we can get Dell certified. Uh, there's other programs out there that we've explored as we've looked at different options of devices. But right now, we're mainly a Dell shop in terms of all the Chromebooks out there. So that's the main focus. And then they work through that. Dell has a really nice program for that and offers some of that certifications. We've explored like going deeper into that certification route, like even the more technical things. Just haven't had the, the overall interest to run it, but it's always something in the back of our mind that when this comes up, because things are, are always bubbling up that we would be ready or at least willing to entertain that idea and figure out how to do it. And then we have our wonderful ed tech folks, uh, which I have one and a three quarters uh, FTE for that. I'd love two and the same thing though. I'd probably love four or five to again, spread the love just so they can be more readily accessible. That's become more prevalent, but that's one for sure that I think is a lot of times lacking because it's just often looked as a luxury in my opinion, it's pretty crucial. Because not only are they there with that teacher experience, which is great and kind of have that backbone, but they're picking up all the other quick fixes and stuff that they can do themselves to help a teacher out in the immediate, um, but then also kind of pass that knowledge on. Another crew that I kind of left out, but I shouldn't because they're amazing, is we have a dedicated data team. So that includes three people whose entire role in here is helping manage our student information system, but then all the data needs for the district kind of run through them. I don't know how we would manage 
to keep that organized and keep the data needs, which keep growing and growing within our district to, for them to move forward, meaning curriculum folks, students, teachers, without those dedicated people. And so if you pulled any of them out, I'd feel like we'd come to a grinding halt for a good long while until we could really figure out how we're going to reintegrate these roles. Who else can do this? Who can pick up this slack? So yeah, large department, 25 plus. To make that work, to, to get to the topic, I, you know, I think we birdwalked a little bit there. My question, sorry. Uh, Your fault. Uh, <laughs> I will take the, take the hit there. So with that, that's 25 people plus. To get that to work in any manageable way, you have to have systems. So with that, where did you start? What did you think was the priority? The priority to me was the communication between all those groups and then the communication and kind of the responsibilities of those various groups with not only ourselves, like internally in the department, but like I said, then how are they integrated or plugged into all the different things that are happening in the district, which also as a larger district has lots of different departments and groups that are specializing in handling these things. From my perspective, coming in as kind of the new guy, but supposed to be leading this group and, and trying to make sure everything's pretty streamlined and effective, how do we need to best communicate? How do we need to best kind of share information so that everyone who needs to be in the know is in the know, where even if they don't need to be in the know for every little thing, there's a place where they can do that. Like, I know I can go ask this group, or I know this check-in meeting is coming up where I can ask this question because it came across my desk. And even though I might not be directly related to it, I'm doing something, right, that involves this request. Reevaluating what that looked like, and that was one that definitely was created by me and credit to, again, the team. It's like, no one seemed to balk at it. We all seemed to feel like it was a good system. Um, we've been running it basically since it was kind of developed, we've been tweaking a little bit, but that makes them feel confident in knowing what's happening, being able to ask the right questions, getting all the things that they need to get done and knowing what else might be happening that could impact them or affect them. Especially when you have a medium to large district where you could get just lost in the weeds and suddenly you're frustrated trying to solve a problem yourself in an environment that has layers that you might not have access to. Yeah, it took a lot of thoughtful scheduling and planning on who the right people were to say, plug themselves into some of the various groups, like with our curriculum team, uh, with the admin team as a whole, with all the individual buildings, like I described. So you had these different folks who maybe already had some of those. So we had to evaluate that. Is this still the best for you to be the person talking to that team? Is that adding more unnecessary work? And more meetings. We more meetings, yeah. meetings, meetings, meetings. And they, so they better be good. If you're asking your staff to be involved in more meetings, it better be worthwhile. Exactly. Because you're going to get some pushback otherwise. I really looked at myself as I am not an expert in hardly any of these fields that we're doing. I, I like to think I know a little bit of a, everything, just enough to be dangerous. Um, but I will never self-proclaim that, yeah, I can handle that. So I took a lot of that upon me. I was like, if I'm going to, again, be the leader here, then I can take a lot of that, be that meeting guy, the guy who's going to go make the connections to relay the information and I also had the teaching experience. You know, that was my background. Again, didn't come from a technical side, but I can sit down with our network team, our data team, listen, hear them out on what's going on, why this can happen, why this can't happen, and effectively relay that to the other groups to be that, you know, that intermediary to one, like you just said, save my people and say the other people time was what you mean a the lot education of the, the the language that educators use is not the same as the language that technical 
folk. Is there there's a disconnect? There's a, there? there's a disconnect there. And, I've never and, witnessed. And the most common thoughts are usually like, well, why doesn't this just work? And then a technical uh, person will give you probably a very technical. Well, this is exactly why this can't work uh, because of A, B, and C, and that comes across as Greek to the poor teacher or even the curriculum leader who's in a, a little bit higher position to be like, so it can't work because why, you know, there's just not that conversation. And so to try and have some of that background, it's been really helpful to say, I, I hear what you're saying and I understand why you're trying to do that. If I do it for you, can I replicate that for everyone? Is that something they even want? And then what does that look like on the back end from our perspective? We're talking like tech stuff, like what do I need to continue to support that? So it works. So you're not calling the help desk or your your building technician every single day and being like, you know, I thought we talked about this, we got it to work, and and now it's not working because, like I said, anytime it's a one-off thing, you just run into that issue. It just doesn't always work smoothly every single time. And if you're not someone with that technology grit who really can kind of push through, I, I get it. It becomes super frustrating. So you try and front load those conversations, and then you try and also have them not only at that individual level when you sometimes get those conversations, but at the higher level to make like a curriculum department, a, a principal understand you're like some of your people in your building or a person in your building's asking for these certain things. And let's talk about if we could expand this or why we shouldn't, or then do we need to talk to all the other elementary principals or whoever principals about, is this something we need to look at more of a global deployment for? you have the ability to also make the folks that are on the technical end understand the needs of the educator. Because it's really easy for the folks on the tech side to see their bubble and they, they want their technical side to work and it's very important mm -hmm. without really understanding what the primary purpose of the technology is, which is to educate kids. Right. Because what I see is building a system where technology and this is, I think, what you're saying, is integrated with our curriculum. Correct. And if that isn't the case, there's a lot of spinning wheels and frustration. Yeah. So how do you do that? How, how have you been successful? And I, I hear you saying communication, but there's got, I'm assuming there's other pieces to that puzzle. It's been an interesting back and forth to do that. I, I think kind of back to the, the start of the question too, like how to relay that to the technical side. That's also been super important to focus on that for a quick second about, we talk about, you know, don't be angry tech person because that's not what we're in this game for. And it doesn't really help to just be like, no, maybe sometimes the, the arrogance, of, you wouldn't understand, but it's just not going to work. And so you can't do it. And so to have that again, intermediary to be like, okay, so this building, this teacher is asking for this product or they want to put it, this iPad in there to run this. So you don't want to use iPads, let's say, but this is really going to achieve everything they need in terms of a curricular goal. So we really need to like take a step back and think about, so how can we get close to this? How can we do this exact thing? And then what would you need or what are the steps that come in between that would make you comfortable with it so that then we can take that back and say, where, where are we meeting in the middle, right? So we, we can do this. I think we could do this to this level. If we can get these iPads deployed in here and we look at a management system that then makes it easier for us to, to handle that. Which we did here. We were a very anti-iPad place and 
found a great system in Mosul that helps us organize it. The cost is right because it's free. And all of a sudden it became this, okay, well, yeah, I guess that's not out of the question. And then from the technical side, it became, well, I like this because then I can put the right Wi-Fi profile on it and they're not always going to be connecting to the guest or trying to ask to connect to other networks they shouldn't be. And we can control the apps and they can't download uh, things that we're uncomfortable with or that could be security risks. So yeah, I think we just put in, you know, enough guardrails that we could do this. I'm, I'm with you on that. And then the teachers can be happy as well because it's like, here's basically everything you've asked for. Oh, and by the way, it's managed. So meaning we can take control of it. We can help you out if you need troubleshooting assistance with it, you know, because now we have a stake in the game too. And all of a sudden you get to this point where everyone's really getting everything they want. They feel a little bit like they're compromising because it just didn't come exactly how they may have initially asked for it, but it worked out really well. So that kind of back and forth has just been really important and really helpful and having those conversations again, whether it's on the individual level, but then sharing that with the larger groups and talking to our curriculum team and saying, here's some things that are happening. Here's the requests we're getting. Let me talk to you guys about where we see the possibilities are so then you can help spread the word as well and be part of our, our megaphone about which way we should take this, why this is going to work. And oh, by the way, is this achieving the goals that the district has, you know, curriculum wise and strategic plan wise and all these things so we can align ourselves to that. It's really easy to not be on that same page. It's easy to be really good at the teacher level. Yep. in those interpersonal relationships. It might be that you're really good at the building level where you have a great communication with individual principals. You know, we have multiple schools. Yep. Well, I like teacher A and teacher B. I really don't have a relationship with teacher C or, or principal C, or I have a good relationship with the folks at the district level, but I'm not relaying what I'm hearing as far as needs to them because I don't have relationships down to, at, the t at the teacher level. You need to have a system that's having those conversations and meetings all the way through, as you were saying at the start. I know you brought up meeting fatigue, which is something that I think is a very real thing and it's super easy to do. Especially and when you put too many gifts in your... It's <laughs> when you put too many gifts in, yeah. And so it's a tough balance to find, you know, I have my little list here. So I have a curriculum team, an executive team, the administrative team. We have our HR group, the business office, early childcare is separate from that. Uh, our facilities and transportation, and then food service. Those are just the big ones. There's all sorts of little subgroups within there. And so you go, they all have department meetings at some point. It's like, am I going to attend all those? No, that's, that's not going to work. So then you start to whittle down, you know, the core ones that you think are important that will help disseminate that information. So really picking and choosing not only the meetings that you're just going to attend so that you don't go crazy, but also like picking and choosing, you're like, this particular set of information or, the, or this concept I think needs to go to this group because that way I feel like I'm going to hit all the right people and then they can feel like they have some ownership over it. Mm -hmm. If I hit this meet the right meeting, I know that that meeting, the information in that meeting is going to get disseminated farther than maybe this other meeting. Or it feels really good to do everything at the grassroots level. Like I love that. I mm -hmm. love going to talk to individual teachers or even, like I said, individual principles, especially ones that you find that you have a connection with and come up with great ideas. And, and it's great when you notice that they have that same feeling for you, right? Like they're willing to talk to you and be like, hey, I had this idea. And, and like, there's nothing better than kind of having those conversations and coming up with solutions. But when you're talking about bigger organizations, it's not going to move the needle. And those typically aren't the principles 
that have the needs for support, right? You know, they might have some great ideas, but as far as actual, you know, baseline, what do we need to do to service the children? Right. It's the one that isn't actually contacting you. Exactly. Wow, that's a great idea from from school A. I'd really love to see, and I'm sure all the parents and the students and some a lot of the teachers at school uh, B would be like, we'd love to do that. And again, if we're talking about our district as a whole and being a group that you know has some certain standards and, and is delivering content and trying to you know service all the students in a very similar way, it's like you need to be able to have everyone on the same page. And that's always super hard to do because those schools become their own islands. So again, picking and choosing, you're like, how am I going to get this out? Still obviously going to have some of those grassroots conversations, but that can really just be the fodder to then bring it out and be like, you know what? I think we need to have this with your your larger group. What are the things that we haven't talked on or touched on so far that you're like, yeah, we got to hit this? So quickly, just going back, when it comes to the meeting, I think having the flexibility, keeping good agendas, so developing agendas that you know are static, meaning it's always going to be the same agenda, but it might be a growing document, right? And so that way you can avoid unnecessary meetings if they're just quick bullet points. Like That to me has always been huge and it helps avoid the meeting fatigue. And we do that district-wide. And it's been super helpful making sure that the nonsense of nuts and bolts kind of stuff in those meetings is just bullet points and not the core of the conversation. Like if you're taking someone's time, then you want to be giving them something meaningful and having a real conversation. And they can read the five updates about this program's changed. It's, you know, it's the buttons over here. Not, like that's not worth anyone's time. So you just got to be really cognizant of that. We just look at what systems do we need in order to take care of all of the district's needs. And so what I mean by that is like we have assets. Do we have an effective asset management system? Same with the devices. Do we have an effective device management system? And so taking the time to really look at those and put things in place that will help you organize that. I think everyone's always a little cautious about either paying for or really investing in some type of programs that do that. And so I'm not even going to list any specifics because I think everyone's unique in how that goes. But I would just say the value is usually always there to find one that will do that for you well and allow you and your team to focus on, again, what are the meaningful conversations and not worrying about tracking down some sort of homemade spreadsheet or something like that to, to do all that. This is my plug to be like, spend a little bit of money and invest in those things because it'll make everything else you're trying to do far more effective and then they're not even real conversations. For us, I think the biggest thing, time in general, time is the most precious commodity. And so how do you find the ways to maximize the time how do you show the value and for something that you're, say, trying to share so that people will perk up when they hear it, not just dismiss it, kind of take it in and, and then believe that what you're doing it has a value. And, and I think it's really just being hyper-focused and only mentioning the most meaningful topics that you can. That part's hard. I, there's not a great solution for that because it takes a lot of reflection. What am I doing? What am I sharing? Is that, is that really that important? Do I need to put that item on this agenda for us to talk about? Am I just filling space? You're working with a bunch of adults. And if you're just doing a sit and get, their eyes are going to be glazing over pretty quick. However, if you're involving them in critical thinking, just like we should do with our, our students, they're going to be much more engaged. And you're probably going to get a lot more, lot better content from them that's actionable. 
but that's harder. It's harder to do. Like I said, the the reflection part is hard. It's hard to change sometimes and, and take something that you may think is a really great idea and throw it out or just set it aside, at least for the time being. The monotony of putting some of these systems in place, so like creating your system of check-ins, creating... Okay. You better you better have some content. Do you have something good to get the buy-in for for doing that? And also, I guess, having that flexibility to be like, you know what? I think we're good for now. So, Evan, where can they find you online? Where can you be found? If, if somebody has questions. Still on X, formerly known as Twitter. I like mm-hmm. that tagline that you see everywhere. And LinkedIn, just my name. Find me, connect with me. I'm happy to chat. And yeah, I would love to talk more about this because I want to hear what everyone else is doing and making work. TCAP Sloop can be found on LinkedIn, Facebook, the artist formerly known as Twitter, and Instagram. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Podbean, Castbox, Overcast, Bullhorn, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Thanks for listening and inspiring. Bus Wash Station. Bus Wash Station.